This show is part of the Darkmore Podcast Network. To join our community Discord or see more content from our members, visit darkmorepodcasts.com. My name is Yessi, and I play Grimton Steadyhand, a fighter, paladin of Bahamut, special legionnaire of the Pandominion, and revolutionary in the Red Capes. My name is Steven, and I play Ulrich Orman, a gnome ranger, hexblade warlock, and chief arrow of the Warden Scout in Nui Satalos. My name is Sarah, and I play Morlinde Lyklast, an elf in the Circle of the Land and presiding druid over New Isatalos. My name is Zach, and I play a large-scale dream. A half high elf blade singer wizard, member of the Weavers Guild, and this is Advantage. It is our anniversary. It's our birthday. I don't remember which one we call it, um, but we're f- we're five years old. Allegedly, that would make it a birthday. Yeah. Y'all ready for your first day of kindergarten? We are. We are kindergartners. I teach kids that are substantially younger than our podcast is old. Hmm. That is wild. I've been doing this for their entire lives. That's crazy. We have uh, in front of us on a Google document uh, a list of questions submitted by uh, friends in our communities. First, let's start it out with an annual general story recap. And we're talking like from the very, very beginning. I'm doing all the way back to session zero. So the Dawn War... Uh, <laughs> 1.1 and 1.2, like all the way back. All the way um, back. We don't need specifics, but broad strokes. If it would help, go to advantagednd.com and there on the homepage, uh, the landing page for the website is every single one of our uh, episodes. Oh, like in order. But I'll, I'll start. So okay. it starts at the very beginning, generally. Um, <clears throat> that there is a bit of a problem, um, and that is that the Pandominion can no longer go through their normal trade route because of a Kolgafirian aggression, a war uh, that Kolgafir is is waging against uh, the Pandominion, and so the Pandominion is looking for an alternative trade route, and they want to go through the Watched Forest, um, deciding not to be like terrible imperialists just like the normal kind they like ask for permission rather than just kind of starting um and it's it's it spawns this whole big thing everybody yells about it it's a it's a big deal grimton alaris are our pandominion people and they are part of you know, making that connection and then Ulrich and morlinde are not. They live in the Watched Forest. Morlinde is presiding druid. Or not yet. Don't you start out as not... like in training. There's another presiding druid. Karis. You later became the presiding druid, but for now you're you're a young <laughs> oak, right? Isn't that what they, they were called? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so there's this big vote. The vote uh, leans toward allowing the Pandominion to come through. Everflame is like, nah. Uh, that's bad. And so there's this huge fire. Destroys not really everything, but it feels like everything to the Watched Forest people and the East Italians specifically. It's it's kind of sad, and it really splits the community in half. There are... or The, the grumpy, kind of racist elves decide to, like, go off and do their own thing. 
and the rest of us try to rebuild and all that. I don't remember why we go north, but there's a reason we go north. Because you gotta get to Havenmere. You yeah, but go like warn the Pandominion. I remember that because uh, what we discovered upon arrival is that that was dumb as hell, because <laughs> uh, they had like figured it out. So we just like wasted a bunch of time. Told everybody, nobody really cared. Uh, eventually, Grimton and Alaris became special legionnaires along the way. That's the Southern Redoubt with uh, Lieutenant Colonel Erica Triop. Anyway, though, so then we go down to Letrus. I'm skipping a lot because I'm gonna get well, down. Well, you sure did there. <laughs> so why? Why do you go to Letrus? Because the Tempest Oath is gonna go there for some reason. They they go to Letrus because the protected remnants have gone to Letrus. Oh yeah, we sent everybody seeking. there. Yeah, we went north. Everybody else went south. And yeah, the Tempest Oath, the racist, uh, who are the uh, terrible racist elves that left Isatalos after the burn, and the actual group, the Tempest Oath, who are uh, zealots from the community of... The Rock of Visions? Then there's a big fight, uh, and it oh was boy. wild. Well, okay, wait, 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 wait. This is important, because this, this will get us into arc, uh, arc two. Before there's a big fight, uh, Erica Try, we're like, yo, homie, you do cast fermentation. Will you come help us not die? And Erica's like, dude, I don't know. I got stuff to do today. And then <laughs> but we're like, lol, please. Like, can you come down here? It's really scary. Uh, and so then she does. And then she abandoned her post to come Yeah, help. <laughs> she went AWOL as hell and came down to help us. Didn't tell nobody. Um, and uh, did a good job. Yeah. Some really good, really good fortification. And then we fight and win, and it's bad. Like, we, it's good that we win. It's like a bad fight. Everything's ugly. Yeah. It's very hairy, very scary. Very hairy, such scary. Uh, and then, da-da-da-da, that's the end of, uh, of uh, part one. Yay! Did you talk about whenever we went, like, to the circle of the lands and, and whatnot? I, yeah, I skipped the whole, like, library of traditions, like... Some, worth noting, somewhere along the way, there were Warforged. Yeah, that's important. Yep. Right, we did see, we did encounter Warforged, and then, well, it's, it's definitely more important in Arc 2, and that's the catalyst for Arc 2, is that, like, becomes apparent that the Watch Forest is not going to be safe from the Warforged, uh, people over there doing some whack-ass shit, and so their Warforged are, like, coming farther and farther east, we're worried that it's gonna be a thing, um, and so, uh, Auric and Morlinde like begrudgingly agree to to go along and um Alaris and Grimton are like yeah this is probably a good idea and something we should do as special legionnaires so we're then going in to the west to to figure out what's going on in her dearth we're like what's the fastest way there and they're <laughs> like it's through hell so we go there oh, um, i guess awful. it's not actually the nine hells are like a real place yeah but it's like it's through hell's next door neighbor and so we go <laughs> we go through the underdark and it's terrible and there's the whole god's dream and and it's really horrifying and i distinctly remember the encounter with the bugs uh the big big scary carry crawlers Griggs. No, not the not the Griggs, the big Grick is the small one. The, oh. the big and the and the two and the the two people we tried real hard to save and then didn't. Yeah, after the water um, torture and Yeah. I I uh I cried uh, a little bit a lot of bit. Um I also I skipped a small well, I'm skipping a lot anyway. Big beats, big beats. So then we're like 
yo let's we finally get somewhere and we're like yo what's going on here where did we where uh, did we get to after we got out it's, it's haven yeah, right haven. Haven. haven and we kill a dragon oh yeah uh, kill the dragon Casually, no we kill the dragon. We're like, lol, no big deal. That was uh, casual side quest. And then, what do you do with the dragon pits? What do you do with the dragon pits? Make a cool flying boat. A skiff. Yeah, you send them to you send them to uh, your your old pal Nexby, who uh, needs him to make a flying boat. You don't see him for a while. You hop back down to the Underdark, mm-hmm. and then you gotta uh, journey th- through there um, to get back to yeah. Delve Deep. Because yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, we go through. We have that little floor puzzle. Um, and then we, uh, there's the fool's gold, there's the, the, um, the hag fight, part two, the fight with, um, Leovold. Ah, yes. The murder of Leovold. Who, who, the, the first of many murders. <laughs> um. I, that one wasn't murder, but what Zach did to those people in that one hole, that was murder. Like, <laughs> Leovold came for a fight, those guys just got destroyed. And then we got to delve deep. And we went to a pub. There's a bunch um, of yuppies. It was it was pub yep. yuppie. Meet Grimton's uh, red cape friends. Um, and yeah, then the communists. Go, go around having dates on like you go on a date with Briston, and we go to this bar. I did. Um, and then uh, we, there's a lot of Yessi or Grimton going and like doing family stuff for a while. Then we're like, what if we just like toppled a kingdom yeah, for fun? We, we talked to the the old rich guy that has the printing presses. Then we're like, all right, but we need two squads to do this. Yes, and then we have um, A squad and A team and B team. A team and B team, and we are canonically B team. Where 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 do you send A team? To rescue a forgotten princess. No, princess. no, that is our job. job. Oh my god, you're right. <laughs> we have just we have gone so far. Out. We'll get to us being terrible at our jobs which is why we're the b team um but the a team gets sent to um disrupt warforge production and potentially destroy the entire plant at, i guess at moldo um, keep and so they're probably way better at their jobs than we are because instead of doing our whole ass quest we're like let's go all the way out into the astral sea and get a new nu- and get a oh, nuclear yeah. warhead well um, that's not exactly no, what happened what happened was alaris got sent um a message about tri's trial for helping us oh yeah and thought of it thought it would be a convenient way to get the party to go back to the azure keep because he wanted to know more about the puzzle box and was like hey we should go help try in a sort of you know obviously helpful but also sort of um you know selfish and so then we go towards um Hararum. Hararum. yeah um in an underground you yeah. take the through tunnel um, and that's where we have the where they're on strike and we break into the factory and get the flying machine marsha deathbringer and takas ure the uh horizon walker and your old pal nexby with the Flying machine that you later, after a uh, very messy escape, name the Tyrant's Bane. And then we fly to the Azure Keep. In the Azure Keep, y'all report to the Special Legionnaire thingies. Yep. You figure out s- some puzzles with uh, Elifir Geldream's old study. We go around town, see the sights. Alric and Morlinde meet Alaris's cousin. And then we go to the Springwood. When you decide to go to the Springwood after uh, after celebrations, two point four three celebrations, which is or after Morlinde mm-hmm. has helped 
Elder Fallhide from Isitalos, Cell Nexby's Flying Skiff Schematics to the Pandominion in order to get Lieutenant Carl Try off the hook. Um, you have a, the celebration, and everything is good. And at that point, we are caught up to the year of our Lord, 2021. Wild. And everything else that has happened in then, uh, since then, has happened in the last 12 months. So what has happened? Uh, we went to the Springwood. Alaris died. Yeah, I died. Uh, you were killed. From some magic barrier. It wasn't even a cool death. It was, just, <laughs> it was emotional, I feel like. But, but you were brought back to life. I was brought back to life by a deva. Uh, and then we uh, met Alaris's family, kind of. Some of it. Two people. And get the signet ring that lets us open the puzzle box, which has a part of a telescope uh, that connects to the bigger telescope and the observatory of the Weaver School in the Azure Keep. So we hightail it back there. We discover that that allows us to teleport to the realm of Corallon. The Seldrin Bow. And meet Corallon. Volunteer to do a task, kind of. Uh, helped end the great scuffle. Even more tangled up in things. Um, by getting an arcane battery. You gotta take a, a spaceship, an astral to Beck, uh, to um, the astral dominion of Celestia to go visit Moradin. And what does Moradin have you do? Go down to the elemental chaos. You need to go fight off some dudes that were hiding in the chaos, right? Yes, the Soul Forgers making Warforged. They had broken in trying to steal the schematics of life and had um, unsuccessfully done that and then escaped down. But they the were chaos like kind of trapped in there, so. Yeah. Found them and then brought them back and watched them get destroyed. Their souls be separated from their bodies. <laughs> to be taken to the Nine Hells by Asmodeus. Yep. Um, on your way back to the Azure Keep via the Celadrin Bell. Um, you fought off the executioner, uh, the ferryman, defended yourselves from meeting that same fate, teleported back to the Azure Keep, prepared yourself with Nexby and Mei Lin and Mama Gel Dream to uh, break to into the, the church in uh, the Springwood, uh, and you pull a fancy heist yeah, which goes off honestly really, really well for you. Yeah, it should have gone so much. It worse. It should have gone was, so much worse. I was ready for that to be a complete dumpster fire. Like I, I just knew we were gonna dis- like it was gonna be so bad, and then it went about as smoothly as could be expected, which is awesome, you know. It was an Ocean's Eleven movie. We are caught up to present. All right, what's been your favorite part of the podcast so far? If you want to pick apart from both arcs, that's perfectly reasonable. From arc one. I'm not sure I remember which episode it was specifically, but there's a there's an episode. I don't remember what character it is. They're going through a really really rough time. Oh, you're talking about um, Neavan. Neavan. It was a small was moment. Like it was not. It was, midnight prayers. Midnight prayers. Um, that was a powerful a powerful moment. To be honest, what I think it's it's a moment of self harm. I remember that. Um, if I remember it correctly, Nia Van, like, digs a pretty deep gash in their arm. And I thought that they did something with the ashes, maybe? Um, I remember it being weird. Like, they put, like, something in it. Um, and it, it wasn't a moment that anybody 
I mean, I, I guess I, I think I saw it. Maybe somebody else did too, but we didn't acknowledge it. Like we let Nia Van have their, their time. Um, but it was just, it was just a really powerful moment. I think in, in arc one, there's so many good ones. I mean, I could say the finale, but that feels lame. I don't know. Um, but I, that's a moment that like, just when thinking back through some of my coolest mo or like my favorite moments in, that's when I liked. Um, and then similarly in arc two, actually the, the moment that I was talking about with the, I think it's one of our coolest moments on recording it's it's after the the moment with the carrion crawlers and we fail to save those two people um and we have a, like a little prayer for them and it's it goes back and forth between i believe grimton the the light that slays the dark the light that slays the dark that will forever be one of my favorite moments it's so good and like the way the way joe edited that where like Sarah and uh, or uh, Morlinde and Grimton's prayers are kind of like overlapping. It's so good. It's so so good. God, I love that moment. Like the the serious moments are awesome, but I also really enjoy the the times when we let loose. Like in arc one, I think Gong farming and other shenanigans. That whole time <laughs> around Havenmere just doing <laughs> random stuff, like a sushi shop randomly appearing and. I don't know. That that was a fun time in arc one. I think the show has a really nice mix of like silly moments and serious moments. I think arc two, a lot of a lot of my favorite stuff is just like all the all the stuff we wound up doing in the, the Azure Keep. I thought it was a lot of cool cool world building. It was good to see, you know, that that side, like going to the Keepers of Reflection library and like I don't know. Just, just all that stuff. It was, it was fun to, you know, just explore the world. I, I like whenever we get to help with the the world building and stuff. You know, it's always a good time. Arc one, might have been my favorite because I didn't really see it coming as much. Was just running into the Ormains and like the characters from Grimton's past and how they were being, you know, kind of utilized to oh yeah and move the plot forward as well. Yeah. What do you mean being used to drive the plot forward? We ended up talking to them, and then fleshing out like the red capes and more of her dearth and then mm. they're not like a MacGuffin, but like they uh were an accessory to that i guess and then arc two and haven and we don't mention it enough there's someone with those with those snails the uh nails of axiom what are they called oh. uh axiom coffin nails yeah, which oh, I forgot about those. Which we don't talk about enough. There's something really do we like off have those in Haven. In our, did we like get some? We, we have a couple at least. Do you yeah. Have them? The yeah. ones that make people like go crazy or whatever. Well, they make them like forget or take massive like psychic. Damage. Oh yeah, it's massive psychic damage. Yeah. Yeah, they take massive psychic damage, but if they live, then they come out believing everything that written on the coffin wrote on the coffin yeah yeah you got to trap them in there for 24 hours at the end of it they're a whole new person y'all don't let me forget we have those when we get around to like facing normal grace under remind me we have those um looking at this list of all the things we've done which is just insane how much how many episodes there is of this show there are 108 like episodes wow. episodes like that are like you know one point something two point something 
uh, and then disadvantage in mailbag episodes along the way and switch series and stuff like that. But in terms of story episodes, there are 108. I don't know. Arc 1 was awesome. I like the library, I think, in Arc 1. That was a fun dungeon. I, li- I liked meeting Marge and Nexby. Like, uh, I-, I-, I just thought Arc 1 was really cool all-, all over. It's hard for me to pick a favorite. It also is so long ago that it all blends together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, all of these things are one blob. I think when we first encountered Warforged, I think that was very like surreal and scary and visceral and that was really cool too when we like fought stormhawk also and then yeah i think i like a lot of the silliness we got onto in arc two um has been uh great fun uh i really like i love that we fought a dragon and i loved going to the uh, all the stuff we did in azure keep um, and so, yeah, I'm not good at picking favorites, although recently I really enjoyed the Space Pirates. My top list, or my, my number one favorite episode that we did, uh, or, or moment, was uh, for Arc 1, 1.45, which is Old Faith, where Morlinde confronts Karis. Yeah, that's cool. And they talk it out, and I remember just having so much fun with uh that being being yeah like i but like i after writing and performing uh like karis opening monologue like the rest of it was just stream of consciousness because i felt so comfortable in karis uh and in karis person um and that's rare for me as as a dungeon master because i I rely so heavily on that tool of having things pre-written or points pre-written to talk about uh that a a moment like that with me and kareth uh is so rare and i loved it my favorite from the second arc so far is uh episode 2.50 amongst the stars because i had so much fun researching and dreaming of what space flight on a ship in the astral sea would be like those episodes were really fun what what a wild side quest where do you anticipate the story going from here somehow confronting either directly grace under or crippling his power over her dearth like inciting rebellion in some way honestly I have no idea. Like, both Auric as a character and Steven as a player feel very pulled along by this, this <laughs> like, plot and what's happening. And so, like, trying to, like, predict it is incredibly challenging. Because, like, the heist and, like, all of that, that is not a thing. If, you, if you'd have asked me this exact question before we side-quested super hard, I'd have been like, no, we're going to go save the princess, man. It's a thing. <laughs> um, and then and then we did, like, everything but that. And, and then even while doing everything but that, we did a lot of other stuff I did not plan on. It so, took like, a turn, huh? It did. And so, like, because of how fresh that turn is, I have no reason to believe that what we think is going to happen is going to happen, so I just doubt any of our plans i feel like anytime we've tried to like hardcore plan it hasn't really worked out which is great it's makes it makes very very compelling radio as it were 
Well, Joe, what do you think is going to happen in the next 12 months? <laughs> I plan to get you through the end of arc two. Oh. Yeah. And I hesitate saying that out loud. I, I hesitate saying that uh, and having it be recorded. Um, but also <laughs> me publishing that answer will add some uh, some fire on my ass to make sure that that happens and it's, it's done. Sort of follow up to that. Is that like you think it'll take the entire year or is that like in within the year you within would like it year. to happen? Within the year I would like it um, to happen. I mean, it is worth pointing out that we are eight episodes longer than the first season, and I don't think that's bad. I think I think the more our power rises and the more things we're capable of, it makes sense. It's, you know, like, forget, you know, we, we don't like J.K. Rowling and all that, but, like, <laughs> each of her books gets longer because there's more in them, and I think that's, I think that's fair. Um, and I think that's true here, like, that as it goes, there's just more story to tell. Mm-hmm. As as of today, which is being recorded December twenty eighth, twenty twenty one. As of today, we have already recorded like three episodes worth of arc two, part three, the final part of the final act of uh, the story arc. Does it feel to you like you're in the final act? No, <laughs> uh, it feels like we're at best right before it. Like, I feel like anything could happen. We've side-quested so hard that there's not a whole lot else to do, but there also feels like there's so much to do. I feel like we could go another five, ten episodes and still not end the arc, too. Uh, who who knows, you know? The next few episodes are going to be critical, I think, in finding out how long it's how that take. pacing is yeah. going to be, because we're going to find out in, I think, fairly quick succession what happened with the A-team. If there's even a princess for us to get. Uh, what's yeah. happening with this princess, yeah. How long have we been gone? Like, a week? Yeah, like, how much, how many things That's have a happened good question. in our, you know, time going everywhere except the cusp? Like, because we really did go everywhere. Uh, my, my guess is about 10 days. 10 days? Well, it depends. Not 10 days since you leaving Delve Deep, but like 10 days in Azure Keep. So after leaving Delve Deep... So like two weeks? Which could be worse. Yeah. Yeah. That's not that bad. But also, your companions are going to wonder... <laughs> yeah, they, they're going to expect results, and we're going to be like, oh, now listen. we're just now getting over there. Sorry. <laughs> I know you sent us out for milk and cigarettes, but we came back with a gun. A loaded gun. We should do some credits. I never get tired of doing the Dark Silver Forge ad. Good, let's do it. It's my favorite. Big shout out to Dark Silver Forge, who has like the dopest dice ever. Um, they're made of a cast zinc alloy, and they are five and a half times heavier than your standard plastic dice. No shade to Chessex, they've been doing the Lord's work for a good while, but if you really want to step up your game, Dark Silver Forge is the way to go. Uh, Advantage listeners or anyone who has a friend that's an Advantage listener can uh, use the promo code ADVANTAGEDND, all caps, no spaces, to get 10% off. 10% off. We all play with those dice. I have two sets. I have the Cthulhu Gold set and the Dark Alpha set. I also have the the Cthulhu uh, Cthulhu's Lair dice tray. Um, personally, I have been eyeballing their new dice trays with swappable battle pads that are really cool. 
So you can get a tray and you can change out the bottom. And their blood-stained metal dice look super cool. cool. I've been thinking, I want to get some. Uh, as I speak right now, they're on sale. I don't know if they will be there uh, by the time this comes out, but they're super reasonably priced for what you get. They're also really nice people, and I love their products. Please go buy them. We have another sponsor who is Cosmic Blues Minis, run by our friend Gavin Free, an affiliate of the Darkmoor Podcast Network. Uh, we all have personally witnessed Cosmic Blues Minis. It's dope. I have Grimton sitting on my entertainment center in the living room. They're great quality. You can get what you want in your mini, and <laughs> I like it. It's Grimton. Come to life. Like, as close as coming to life as it's going to get for him. <laughs> like, I, I cannot, I do not have the skills to paint something like this, and it looks, I, I like, my Ulrich, it is one of my favorite things that I own. It's so, so beautifully done and so well-painted. Advantage listeners can get 30, 30% off Cosmic Blues, uh, all orders, by using the code ADVANTAGEDND, no spaces, all caps. Um, I did just get a text from Gavin today saying that they uh, came home from work and there was, quote, a printing disaster. Uh, oh. So uh, Gavin does, does uh, very quickly need to uh, postpone shops and orders at the moment, but I, Joe, will let you know when... Cosmic Blues is back online and everything's fixed and we're we're back all printing and living life easy. But seriously, like great great quality work by Gavin. Absolutely. Well, yeah, one hundred percent. They have an Instagram. Mm-hmm. Go check it out. They take they'll take any uh, digital STL file for any um, mini that you have. So if, as long as you can get the code for it, uh, whether that be through Hero Forge or another mini maker or any mini STL that you find on, on Etsy, as long as you can get that code and send it to them, Gavin can print it, and Gavin can paint it, and you can get 30% off. Thank you to all our cool patrons for supporting our show. This would not be possible without you and all your uh, support in every, in every way, you know? Thank you for, for listening. Everything just it warms our heart, you know? It's never too late to sign up. And if you want to play with us, we have a tier that lets you let you hang out and play Disadvantage episodes with us. We have two wonderful uh, people that are doing that already, and we'd love to have more. Yeah, shout out to uh, Mark Williams and Michael Callahan. Uh, good friends that we get to hang out with quarterly to record disadvantage episodes with uh and play and chat and uh have fun and enjoy other parts of our world uh thank you to brian jaron phillips xander uh adam gouda dan bauer daniel tan lucige uh thor uh jonah and ryan yeah thanks guys thank you so huge thank you to our uh friends who make our fantastic music for the podcast uh blake bost uh did our original um audio and then uh also steven over here has made more of the audio with orman audio so that's pretty awesome so thank you guys it makes it sound absolutely awesome in the latest episode that just dropped Steven wrote a new heist song and it is perfect. <laughs> I don't know if any of y'all have gotten the opportunity to listen to that episode yet because it dropped like yesterday, two days ago. Yeah, I need to hear it. It's great. Yeah. It's so good. You'll love it. Another thank you 
to the graphic art, which has been done by a friend of the show and personal friend of some of ours, I think all of ours, Daniel Grayling, and the character art, which has been done by Emmeline Kelly. Thank you both. We appreciate your hard work. We have a, like on the Advantage website. We have like a like a. It's not Teespring, is it? It's some some one of those stores. It's T Public. Uh, T Public. It it's really cool. it's really cool though, and I've considered multiple times buying buying a mug uh, with my my person on it. Yeah, they're uh, they're not a sponsor of the show or anything, uh, but they it is a cool way to get Advantage stuff. Um, for example, Zach has. A phone case that has the map of the cusp on it. That's neat. I thought about getting those phone cases. They looked really cool. It is dope. Got to see it in person. Michael Callahan has a shirt, I think. I think Jonah has a shirt, Shirts too. are on sale uh, right now. I thought about now. a shirt at one point. Dylan, who won our giveaway two summers ago, has a hoodie. And I so there's, like, definitely actual human beings out there who ha- who have and could wear some of this. Yeah, that's cool. If they so chose. Yeah, I'm going to order a shirt right now because it's on sale. I don't know why I don't own anything. I feel I think it's strange that I don't own anything of it. I, I, every time I'm like, I don't know why I don't already own something of this. Like, I really should. Why don't I have a t-shirt with my own podcast I on think it? it's because when we started this, we were all more broke. <laughs> I have more money yeah. now than I did five years ago. I mean, I'm ago. still a broke bitch. Like, I'm just bad with money. I can afford a $13 uh, shirt now, and I definitely couldn't a while ago. Yeah, I'm ordering a sticker and a shirt right now. You know what? I'm going to order a shirt, too. Oh, no, here we go. Here we go. Hoodie. Uh, they don't have a dark green. They have a green, a Kelly green, but they don't have a dark green. So I'm just gonna go with one of the many shades of gray. Do I want yellow or orange? Man, we definitely over here shopping. We're all over here buying our own merch. Hello, <laughs> L. All right, let's, let's pause this recording, shop for a sec, and then start a new Kay. recording for the actual questions of it. We've got a whole series of questions here. Let's just ping pong around, hey? Ask what you want. When uh, you did the mailbag last year, did you expect to meet the gods this year? Asked by friend of ours, Jonah, on Discord. I'll start that with, uh, hell no, I did not. Um, (laughs) I I thought they were going to just be whatever they were, leaving us alone forever. And I was sorely mistaken. Yeah, that was even before you decided to go to the Springwood. Yeah. Yeah. Given that there had been nothing put forth that would allow us to even travel to the Astral Sea at that point, no way. Right. Yeah. Even after we found out, like, oh, there's something to this puzzle box, and we jumped in, like, I didn't know we were going to be right the F there with Coralon. Like, nope. I expected it. I expected it. How could they have known? <laughs> yeah, I didn't expect it. Or how does Morlinde feel 
about spirits after meeting the gods. I at first felt very like conflicted, like it can't be true and all, you know, all those kind of things. But at this point it's kind of accepted that there is some overlap and like that is acceptable and just like, it's like, it's a cultural thing. <laughs> um, but also is she's done interacting with them as well. Like she didn't want to meet any of these <laughs> folks. Um, and like the Coralon thing was just like too much. And then, yeah, freaking Morden, like she didn't need that. Um, so I, I think that she has seen plenty and it hasn't, it hasn't shaken her like reverence for the spirits in the forest or anything. Um, and it has just shown her that the world is, is much, much, much bigger than the watched forest and that's okay. Um, she's also very done with it. Uh, Steven, how, how does how does Auric feel about gods in particular? It, it was it was a bit of an experience because on the one hand, like when they were just they being the gods, when they were just like nebulous beings with no face, it was easier to dislike them. And some some of that was shaken by like meeting them and like Coralon was really lovely. Um, but then like. Ulrich has definitely always had a general dislike of more celestially oriented beings and the things that they do in our world and how they interact with it and like the damage they can cause. And like that whole arc or that whole like storyline where we were there and we were kind of meddling in the business of gods like really made Ulrich feel really small and really like they don't have any business being here a part of all of this and they kind of want like it it, so it, it in, uh, reinforced what they already felt of like things of the gods should stay with the gods and things of us uh, mere mortals should stay down here with us and we should leave each other alone Daniel has questions for Zach and Yessie about how your characters feel about meeting they're creators, directly or indirectly. Uh, there's a lot of reverence, for sure, about meeting any god, but specifically, like, one that has been directly... It's your creator. <laughs> and even more so when, like, your grandfather is, like, working with him in the afterlife. So it's a lot to take in. But on the other hand, you know, Grimton has also been, is a paladin of a different god, of Bahamut. So, like, yes, there's reverence for, like, his creator god, and, like, he's a dwarf. He's always going to be, in some way, uh, praying to Moradin for one thing or the other. But his choosing has been to, like, travel the path of justice and serve Bahamut. So, impressive, yes, something he's never going to forget. But, like, I guess it wouldn't have been as uh, emotionally wrecking as, like, actually meeting Bahamut and finding out, like, what do you want me to do? Like, Dragon Daddy? Like, tell me. Please never call him <laughs> Dragon Daddy. No, call him only Dragon Daddy. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> Every time you, like, call on Bahamut or whatever. Dragon Daddy! <laughs> Hello? <laughs> I think when we meet him, we'll find out that that's his preferred 
title. Now it has to be. Uh, <laughs> what about Alaris? Uh, I think Alaris was really excited to meet Corallon, and uh, I think that that's one of the main reasons that he was so gung ho about you know trying to do the the whole arcane. You know, it's it's his like they're his god. You know, like want to want to help out in any way he can when whenever the creator of the elves says hey can you help me do this thing it's, you know you don't really say no <laughs> hey do me a favor hold the smoking gun did alaris get the closure that you had intended or hoped for in going to the springwood i think to some extent yes uh it was i think alaris enjoyed finally getting to go there and see what it was all about i think that he still you know wants to connect with his family in in a way that he knows that he probably never actually will get to didn't really get to see any of that we could have probably but that would have made everything a significantly bigger mess what no (laughs) us a mess i don't buy it i don't know if he would say that he got all the closure but at least some amount of it it's a good start. Steven. Yes. What has been your biggest pride and biggest disappointment about Ulrich's story? Um, I think Ulrich, as like an emotional character, has been generally really compelling. Um, and I, I think the storytelling... Uh, but like I mean to some degree I think I've done a good job doing it but I think the world and the story itself has allowed Ulrich a lot of room for development um, as a person um, one thing um, that, I, that I feel that I, uh, that I haven't done qu- quite as good of a job I guess and, and I think some of that has to do with just sort of like how we are as people but like Ulrich as like a non-binary person i'm not sure i have like done a very good job like i guess reminding everybody that's part of the narrative or, or like i don't want to say making a big deal out of it but like that is that is an important part of Auric's character and you know for us as players like it's not really a big deal i mean i i think we're all a little queer i'm, I'm not sure any one of us is is all the way straight um i don't know i don't, don't let me speak for you guys but but <laughs> I, I'm not sure, I guess, I'm not sure I, I feel like I've done an incredibly good job portraying through the medium that we have Ulrich as a non-binary character and as that, as, like, being important to them. But, like, I don't know. They look really cute. Their art's really nice. That helped a lot. <laughs> like, the Ulrich, like, oh my god, I, I, like, fangirl over this so much, but, like, Ulrich's art looks so good. Like, mm. I think I even made a TikTok right when it when we first got it and could say something about it. I was like, oh, my God, I don't really have gender envy, like, generally, but, like, or, or, or um, gender euphoria, but, like, Ulrich does right now looking that good. Uh, <laughs> and so... Ulrich's cute. I don't know. Can you describe Ulrich's full physical appearance? Um, they look real cute right now, and the uh, the uh, having looked at your most updated Hero Forge is, is a pretty good uh, good thing, and the art is the art that we got is a really good view. They are a gnome, so they're kind of small, um, 
and they are generally these days like presenting relatively femme. Um, I think in the in the art and in the the Hero Forge, they've got like a like a kind of crop top shirt that's like a little big, so it's like a little loose. But they've also been wearing like kind of dresses. I think we talked about. I remember uh, an episode where we're gonna look a little more urban. Um, and like that's that's been a vibe that that I think Ulrich has gone with. They've moved to much darker clothes lately, so like blacks and and deeper colors. Um, they carry a bow and a sword, both of which like look clearly magical, like ominously magical. Right? Uh, yeah, like a little scary. What, like they're... what are what are the bow and what is or what is the bow and what is the sword? The bow is the oath bow. Um, which decides to hold a grudge whenever you uh, use it. Um, I don't remember the exact buff it gives you. I have that on my character sheet, but it. Uh, I I used it in the last battle of Arc One. Um, I don't remember who I killed with it, but there was a moment I killed somebody with it. The sword is the one that I took uh, and began my like hexblade warlock kind of thing. So it looks really scary. And, like, the the best way I could describe the sword is, like, wicked. Like, it's very jagged. Like, looks supernatural. Uh, I've And I've been... Steven the person has been thinking about getting a, a Squadron 9 tattoo at some point. I feel like that'd be really cool. Uh, but they still have, like, kind of references to that. And, I mean, as a, as a warden themselves, um, they... Um, have a little bit of armor and stuff that would indicate that. They also have uh, some really cool arrows right now that have that electric blue fletching. Um, those are feathers made from Stormhawk, if I remember correctly. Those are Stormhawk's feathers. They're from the Tempest of. Well, yeah, but like, that's where they get. Like, we didn't like. Well, we did kill Stormhawk. Presumably. Once. You uh, didn't kill Stormhawk. Yeah. They didn't kill Stormhawk, but they yeah. are from Stormhawk. Right, uh, and so I still got a few of those that, that float around. I don't use them very often. Um, mostly, you've also got three other types of arrows. Right, yeah. That um, I cannot put on Hero Forge because they only let me do like one color of fletching. I look real cute, but like I could probably kill you if you messed with me. Uh, I do. I'm disfigured a little bit. Um, it's it's not. I'm not sure there's a good way to do it in the the Hero Forge. Oh, um, you know what? There is now actually. There are scars. But I'm I'm that. I'm scarred, um, and it's not Over like the a eye. Um, right? No, it's it's like it's not a cool anime scar. It was it's kind of an ugly like lip scar that like goes like up the side of my face. Um, that I got, that was another one of the contender moments when we talk about like cool moments in, in each of the arcs, uh, we're fighting the hag and, um, all real is kind of having a moment and Ulrich is doing what they can to help. And all real is like, has been disfigured from this hag. And so like they're, um, he's kind of struggling and in the process is fighting everybody and, uh, scars Ulrich pretty bad. Um, so like I'm real cute and I also have a scar. Ulrich I guess feels a little insecure about if if anybody were like to be mean to them about it, but like nobody has been and Briston's been really lovely, so like, you know, it's not like been a thing they've worried about just because it hasn't become a problem, but it's in the back of their mind. They're a little self-conscious about it. Also, they're like 
I don't want to say proud of it necessarily. I think that's misleading, but like they feel justified in the actions they took to get it um, and, and caring for their friend. And so it's okay. They're okay with it. Some other highlights. The, the other arrows that you have are um, black crow feathers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Your warden scout. You have some right. red feather stuff that are from Mavroth. Yep. Um, and you've got, I don't, we, we never talked about the fletching on this, but we've talked about the points of right. um, the silvered arrows uh, that you got um, for fighting demons right. or devils. You've also got a ring on your finger. What is that ring? Oh, yeah. Um, is the ring the sea glass? Um, yep, it's the sea glass. Um, so the sea glass is for my bay, um, which is Briston. Um, and it sort of shows me a video game RPG style waypoint in the middle of my vision uh, wherever Briston is. So like if I can turn and look and see doesn't matter where where he is or where i am it is overlaid kind of on my vision so i can see it through anything um and so the ring is that sea glass and you have a cape on your back oh yeah i guess like i i haven't necessarily imagined myself always wearing it it's it's a thing i kind of imagine myself putting on as i go into into battle uh but it's cool it's a cool cloak cape I don't remember what it does. Hold on. Uh, Dimension door. It's a dim yeah, a cape of Mount Bank, Mount Mount Bank, Mount Mount whatever. Um, it's a cool, it's a cool cape. Mont Blanc. Smells faintly of brimstone. While wearing it, you can cast the Dimension Door spell as an action, and it's pretty cool. And you go poof, you leave behind a little, little smoke. I'm a ninja, with a cool cloak. Plus, it's red, and red's a pretty color. In in that vein. Um, Sarah, why don't you, uh, how about you answer two for me? Describe Morlinde and how she currently looks, um, and then talk about what you're most looking forward to in arc three. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I was too busy looking at the cool Ulrich one, so let me get back. Yeah, I'm gonna pull up more Linde on the Hero Forge. We all have Hero Forge minis. Yeah, you can uh, you can own us. <laughs> let me. Okay, wait. I have too many. I also just got Windows 11 and I can't find anything. Um, <laughs> all right, so uh, more Linde. Uh, I really like the art we had commissioned by uh, Emily and Ember the summer. Or Which also, year, you can see all that, that on the website for anybody listening that hasn't gone to AdvantageDnd.com. You can see our character art. Melinda is an elf, uh, and a wood elf, so she is garbed in green, as many are. Uh, a, a green robe. Um, she has always had a cool staff. It started off as just a normal wooden staff, but now uh, I acquired a cool staff. I don't remember what makes that staff cool is it the because, is it staff again, of woodlands is that right i think so i found something that was cool that matched my character and asked me for it and you gave it to me it was from it was a gift from Coralon. do you have a mace silvered. it's a silvered mace oh yeah from from when we all got silvered weapons oh yeah when did i get because you that? all got silvered weapons yeah um, we were fighting the fairy or no we we're fighting in the chaos 
That was that was for the devils that you were given the silvered mace. We couldn't we couldn't bring back any of the things from the elemental chaos. Oh yeah. Remember we had to leave all the magic weapons. They couldn't they couldn't travel that's back. That's right. Forth. That's right. That's right. We got those. We got different. Those were two different times we got <laughs> weapons. <laughs> it's it's also not lost on me that in the Hero Forge you and I have matching earrings. Oh, I love that for us. I do I too. <laughs> we're we're. That's canon. No, I. If it's not, I'm gonna cry. <laughs> it's like a. Like, that's probably just like a thing in the. It's Italian. Well, and stuff. it's not. They're not random either. They're they're blue, black, and red. They match. Yeah. So Morlandite standard wood elf, uh, garbed in a ceremonial robe that is green. I I don't know what else to say. She's a wood elf. Uh, she's got a cool staff. The staff of the woodlands or whatever is especially cool and has all sorts of viney things on it. What what do you have at your hip? What bag is that? A bag of holding. A bag of holding. What's special about your bag of holding in particular? <laughs> Am I carrying something dangerous in there? It's bedazzled, Sarah. It's bedazzled, Sarah. <laughs> oh, I forgot. Oh my god, that's from like... Way back like, in our uh, point. Yeah, that's like the, the, in the first like ten episodes, that was something that you said or something. Yeah, I remember that. It's so right it's up bedazzled. there with the the mittens you're supposed to make for. Uh, yeah, don't don't tell don't tell them. Orlander Beach Tail. Orlander Beach. Orlander Beach Tail, best NPC in the entire show, hands down. Orlander <laughs> has to go back to the forest soon. She's gonna get caught. Orlander Beach Tail will find you. You are also wearing gauntlets. That are made of uh, that have some dragon scale on them. Oh yeah, I remember. Um, from Mavroth. Yeah, go ahead and talk about like. Oh the the. What's your most looking not forward giving away to? Anything. Yeah. Well, I think it's Spoiler I think it's free. common knowledge that that you and I. Uh, We're out. Won't be content. We you and I will. Sorry, Sarah and Stephen will be. But uh, Ulrich and Alara. characters. Yeah. Uh, we're going to kill them. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> They're going they to might die. die. Who knows? They, that's, that's always I been a possibility. Hope they don't die. I think uh, I'm very excited for the new character. I'm excited for the character's new uh, class. I'm excited for you to have a mechanical. To, to get to relearn mechanics of your new character. That'll be, mm-hmm. I think, the most exciting And then the thing option of like. Once, yeah, trying that, then like playing with some multi-classy things, and mm-hmm. like there's a lot of options, and I feel like Tomorrowland Day, I, I mean, I had those options, but I wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't feel comfortable enough in the mechanics to use them. Now I do, so I'm excited to try that mechanically. Um, I'm excited to play another kind of character. I don't know. I just the story that we're coming into, I think, is very complex, very cool. The way Joe has set it up. Um, there's some world building that, like, I get to do that's yeah. exciting. Oh, I'm so excited um, to do that with you. Yeah, uh, I think that's very neat. Um, and uh, it's just this world is so big and cool, and uh, I'm excited to add to that um, and get to be created within that. And I, I can't say very specific things. Um <laughs> uh, at all uh but i think it's gonna be really cool that i can't i can't say anything else without getting more specific i'm also excited and that sounds cool so maybe i'll just kamikaze grimton to make a new character (laughs) i won't do that but (laughs) 
I appreciate that. But if he dies, he dies. But if he dies, he dies. And he gets to go work with his grandma. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. 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 That made that really sweet. Yeah, it did. Uh, describe, describe Grimton. Grimton, steady hand, is a mountain dwarf from her dearth. Um, getting up in age, uh, I always want to say 400 and then realize 400 is too old for a dwarf. So, <laughs> not quite that old. Ah. I forgot where we landed last time. Uh, but his hair... He's old. He's old. Not, his qu- hair, not quite old as dirt, but nearly there. <laughs> yeah. His hair is dark, but it's quickly graying. Uh, large portions of his beard are gray, and uh, there's a lot of gray in his hair on his head as well. Uh, most notably, besides his age, is uh, his left leg below the knee uh, has been amputated, and there's um, a prosthetic there now. I believe copper is what we decided, or was it bronze? Have a, we ever gotten a story about that? A very yeah. brief one, yeah. Uh, someone was in Grimton shop, or he was at a shop, and someone tried to steal something. To try to get away, they stabbed him in the back of the leg mm. so that he wouldn't pursue them. And then, you know, infections happen, and stuff happens, and things get amputated. We'll say that there was magic involved that couldn't be healed. I don't know. He is carrying uh, an, a silvered Ugrash that he uh, got to battle some devils. He also has a battle axe named Tooth and a radiant sword named uh, Gorbring's Radiance that he tends to favor in combat. Uh, he's also carrying, doesn't always use, a shield that looks like a target, which is a cursed shield that attracts projectiles towards him. Also has a bag of holding at his side and a plate mail of uh, dwarven uh, plate that he borrowed from the Library of Traditions. <laughs> uh, something interesting to note in the Hero Forge mini is that on the ground there is amethyst, an important rock to dwarves, but also rope because <laughs> it is a very versatile tool. Uh, what's around Grimton's neck? Around his neck is uh, what appears to be uh, a gorget. Uh, But if that's not what that was going for, there's also also a red cape, uh, which you'll be shocked to find out, to note that he is part of the red capes. And... What? And also... (laughs) A special legionnaire for uh, the Pandominion, which is really important. Zach, give us Alaris's physical appearance since we're going through these things. Yeah. All right. Alaris is a dark-skinned half-elf uh, with a beard and longer hair. Is currently decked out in a what I believe was described as a purple robe of useful things. To make it more stylish. It's reversible. Reversible, sorry. A reversible robe of many things. So you can put all the patches on the inside. And the all out- the hideous, stupid, gross patches. And the out and the outside would then be a nice shade of purple. It's velvet, I remember yeah. Yeah, describing. Multiple wands as the wand of secrets and the wand of fear. He also has a silvered claymore, I believe is is what it is. 
um, and a sword of answering. You know, other than that, kind of standard wizard affair, uh, light light armor, lightly dressed, you know, because of the, the blade singing. Can't really wear armor while you're doing that. I don't know what this staff is. I don't remember what, what this staff is. I don't know either. We could take it off. <laughs> it's just a Hero Forge thing. We could take I it off. I feel like he has a staff. I feel like I, I don't have a staff. I feel like I like probably I looked at that and like, there's a staff. I just, but I don't remember what a staff it is. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I've ever used a staff. Um, maybe originally I had a staff? Yeah, you bet you just started out as a staff, and then you acquired the Wand of Fear first. Yeah. And so you were using that as your, uh... Magical implement or whatever. Implement, yeah. yeah. And Alara strikes me as the kind of character that would never get rid of anything, and so they would just, like... <laughs> yeah. You would just, like, keep keeping different magical items. He's like, I'll use this eventually. Except, Except for, for, you know, Flame Tongue. Flame Tongue that, that is no longer on Alaris's person. Uh, that's true. I don't Where know if it's a spoiler or not. It's not. It's, it's not. Kinda, no. Okay. Where's Flame Tongue? Uh, it was used as a bribe so that way we didn't get reported to the Pandominion forces when we came back from yeah. the um from the Astral Sea because I would I didn't want to have to explain all of that. But yeah, um, I'm also really excited eventually, and by that I mean next time we level up, which who knows when that will be, um, to finally be able to read this book about golems that I've been carrying around forever. <laughs> Since the library. Why do you have to level up for that? You can't, you can't read it um, until you can cast two level five spells. Oh, What? If you try to read it before, then you take a bunch of psychic damage. Huh. Which is what happened to Lars in the the library. I I tried to read it and took a bunch of psychic damage. Interesting. Yeah. But it's a... I know it's a manual of golem, so it's a manual on how to, like, make a golem and use that to do whatever you want. I just don't know what kind of golem it makes. And I can't read it <laughs> for one more level. It's just too powerful of magic. <laughs> Zach... How does Alaris feel about his relationship with Maylin? I mean, I, I I think that he thinks it's fulfilling. I think he thinks he has a good relationship with Maylin. I think they both care a lot about each other. And, you know, they, they understand that they're not, like, necessarily in a a settled-down type of thing or anything. You know, it's it's just they, they care about each other. And when they get to spend time with each other, it's awesome. Whenever... They have to go their separate ways and live their lives. That's also totally fine. I think the mirror page also helps a lot. Yeah, thank goodness. Imagine being in a relationship, say, where your significant other leaves on a quest and all you have is like a waypoint embedded in your vision and then you watch that waypoint go farther and farther away from where you expect it to be. And let's say it goes, you expect it to be like, I don't know, southeast of or southwest of you, and then some, somehow it gets northeast of you, and then it goes into mm-hmm. space, and then it comes back from space, and then you <laughs> see it get nearer and nearer, and you're just wondering what the hell is going on, but you can't actually talk to the person that it's connected to. Yeah, so, I wonder what that would be like. All that time thinking, really that's nowhere near the temple they're supposed to be yeah. <laughs> You're supposed to be at a monastery. Yeah. Also, quick shout out to all my friends out there with long distance relationships no it's hard but y'all are doing good i got i got one too it's 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 takes work but we're always happy for it in that same vein 
Stephen, how does Ulrich feel about their relationship with Briston? They love it. Um, they love Bryn, uh, Briston. Um, Whoa. Straight up, huh? I don't know that they know that yet. Um, or that they have like acknowledged that. Hey, baby girl. Or they've admitted that to themselves. Um, but I fully suspect when we get like a proper reunion, they're going to be like, come here, you big idiot. I love you. You know, something like that. Whoa. Like, hmm. Briston is like one of the like few really good things and really like, I don't know, one of the things that they like understand and make sense and they don't have to like stress about as much. Like they worry about Briston, but they don't like worry about Briston. Like they worry about his safety, but not the like security of their relationship. So probably going to be some strong emotions there upon return particularly with all the like nonsense that we've been through recently i don't know it's been really stressful and being with briston is not stressful it's really nice and pleasant this is a question uh given to us by our patron callahan uh asking for everybody which npc do you wish you've spent more time with past two arcs hmm that's hard to say because I feel like much to to Joe's not chagrin but uh, effort at least we get a lot from our NPCs. You um, do. I like that. Yeah. I like um, that you have a, a rotating cast of regular NPCs mm-hmm. that you see and see we again. Drag everywhere that we're going. Um, pony. I can always use more pony. Oh yeah, <laughs> J Pony Esquire. Pony J Esquire. Yeah, cool dude. Mama Girl Dream. She's like, I know we got a lot of her, but I never can get enough of her. She's one of my favorites. I know that's what I was thinking. I was like, well, we've already spent spent plenty of time, but it was it was a good time. And and her boo thing. Um, <laughs> art, he, doesn't, art. he doesn't get I, enough. Art doesn't get enough screen time. Art Simo. No, no, I don't. <laughs> uh, Steven, this is one from Thomas uh, Basioko. Basioko, I'm, I'm sticking to it, uh, who's at the taco uh, 1344 on Twitter. Um, they asked us about a month ago, and I, I asked if it was okay uh, if I could add it to our um, mailbag, and they said yes, asking, is Auric by the book, or is Auric a bit homebrewed? Auric is, I think, technically by the book in that... By a book. A, by a book, yes. Not not by the PHB. Um so not by that book specifically, but I am not that flavor of creative to come up with like my own mechanics. Um, so like I anything that Ulrich has, I couldn't have done without a reference. Um, and if you ever notice any kind of like irregularities or something, assume it's a mistake. Like I, I've probably screwed <laughs> something up. Um, but the... Uh, Hexblade Warlock can be found um, in... Is that in Tasha's? Hexblade Warlock is definitely like a canon one. Um, yeah. But the, the, the Ranger the, subtype the Ranger subclass. class, yeah, is uh, by a book. Uh, I don't remember what... It's Unearthed Arcana. One of the books. Unearthed Arcana, yeah. It's, it's, it's by that. So so technically, yes. Uh, everything about Aurex Morcan... Uh, Aurex mechanics assuming that i haven't messed them up um are by by official D rules 
the Unearthed Arcana, dear listener, is um, a like playtest mm-hmm. publication that Wizards of the Coast does, uh, and we found one that seemed really cool when we were building Auric mechanically, and we were able to super work it in and uh, into the story and um, bring like Mother Bear into it. And uh, God, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it it kicks a lot of ass. I think it really it, fits. it really does. My mechanics are always story driven, so like, I mean, I pick some stuff because it's just cool, you know. And like, especially when Joe's like, "Hey, pick a pick an item that you want or something." Um, you know, a lot of that is just I'll pick something cool, but for the most part, I decide what I'm going to do. Like, you know, would this would this make sense for Ulrich's character? Would this make sense for for like the narrative? And so that's how that's how I pick everything that that Ulrich does or has or levels in. It's all about the story. Um, speaking of Warlock Pact. This is from Ian, uh, from DMST and Dragon Mind and playing out of character. Um, will Ulrich ever explore their warlock pack uh, in the language of the question in future arcs? Maybe. <laughs> um, it, it it's more the the pact itself. I'm I'm not sure how important it is to the narrative now i I say not sure because and i mean like not sure i don't mean it's not and i just don't know how to say it i mean it a lot of that is undetermined and so i don't Mm -hmm. know how i what i think of it yet or what uh how much of it to explore or what it means or any of that so maybe um, but I will admit that that's not necessarily a like powerful focus unless it starts to make sense for the character more so. Like, because honestly, for all that like things have been really crazy, things have been going relatively well, and they're like personally, individually, they have felt kind of like like their small part of the world is okay for now, and a lot of. A lot of the darker aspects of Ulrich's character has to do with their personal life and the things that they want to, that they care about and that they want to protect. Um, and and I'd, I'd say that, like, the pact itself is rooted in a really similar place that the presence of Mother Bear is. It's, it's, uh, it's a kind of righteous anger, almost. It's this, it's the, it's the other side of the coin, the coin from Mother. <laughs> <laughs> the other side of the the coin from Mother Bear. The other side um, of the corn. Other side of the corn, man. Just hey, Joe. Just like go to the advantage Twitter and tweet that out. In no context. Other okay. side of the corn. I will do that. Um, I might add that to my punk rock band name list. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I think of the warlock packed and like my all of the the levels i put in that as as the other side of the same desire to protect maybe is the short answer oryx pact was driven not by like a need or a want to uh to have more power but uh a like an invocation of the sinisterity of oryx being at mm-hmm. that time um, because my protective aspect was becoming more vengeful um, at the time of, of taking it. Um, 
kind of a by any means necessary sort of approach. How are y'all liking the new Patreon arrangements going? Like, are you enjoying yourselves? Yes. It kicks it kicks my butt because it makes me like get things done, but it's fun. Do have we had a lot of people submit things to the 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 name bag? No, <laughs> the bag of many names. We should we should make a bigger deal out of that. Jonah has. I don't know what tier you have to be at for that one. I think it's just level two or the first level, the like the two dollar level. Let's one. go to Patreon. I haven't looked at our tiers in a while. Um, the ten dollar tier is really the sweet one. That's where you start getting like the Bonus real benefits because yeah. the we do we do the inspo i really enjoy the ins like i'm i'll admit that like a lot of times when we get there i'm like oh god i'm tired Super i don't doing inspiration but but i i also do genuinely enjoy the inspiration episodes i think i think they're really cool and i think it's a fun kind of like behind the behind the scenes behind the dm screen uh, for listeners, and I think they'd be particularly helpful for people who are wanting to run their own campaigns. I just like hanging out with our, our Patreons when they play with us, or oh yeah, just they're the so lovely. Yeah, yeah, you get you get the the deck of many names at the at the lowest tier. Yeah, so the hundreds of thousands, which is a two dollar tier, uh, you get an exclusive role on our Discord, uh, access to the Patreon Discord feed. Uh, and invitations to the Deck of Many Names, which is uh, a list of NPC and location names uh, for us to pull from in the show when we're stumped and need to quickly come up with a name for something. Also, like, so, patron secrets, like, we be dropping stuff in there all the time. All, <laughs> yeah. all the time. Particularly when we're uh, recording, like, admittedly, it's a lot of it's going to be just wildly out of context if you're not listening, but, like, <laughs> it's it's But that's a delight. There. That's part of it. Yeah, yeah it's, it's part yeah, of the fun. Like, Please what the heck are they talking about? Submit names to the bag so we don't wind up with more Brogans or Marge the, God, the yeah. barge just <laughs> <laughs> Marge, Marges of the Barges is... I mean, we that, it's are fun. dog shit it's, at naming please things. Please make it worse. It's fun please to make fun of them. Make it worse. Oh, no. It's fun to make fun of those names, but here we are just years later, and Marge the Barge is a staple, and Barogas, <laughs> I feel, is going to be a, a comeback to for years to come. Um, that was request. your meetup point after the heist. Exactly. Uh, there you go. <laughs> request for art i want somebody to draw a brogan's like logo <laughs> at the five dollar level you also get an inv- uh, invitation to the live recordings uh which are super fun uh but then after that at ten dollars a month you get access to the inspiration reflection and debriefing episodes that we do after each session uh you get to see every single drippy drop of my notes as uh, as they come out, so like after we've, let's say that we record three episodes a night, after those three episodes come out, I do a note drop, and that's awesome. Um, that is a huge boon to be able to see uh, to see that stuff. Uh, there are spoilers in it. Um, <laughs> you will know all the dirty things that I know and that the players never know because they don't even get to see those notes. The 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 fun thing too about listening to recordings is we're always like we're usually recording uh like a few episodes ahead of what has been released so you get to see it in the future and you also get to hear all the stupid nonsense that gets like <laughs> uh, appropriately trimmed from episodes um and there is a lot of dumb stuff we we screw around a lot uh and then finally our last most bold 
Uh, tier is the $25 a month level. Thank you to uh, Callahan and uh, Mark for their wonderful <laughs> contributions there. Yeah, they're the best. And at the $25 a month level, which again is super bold, they get to join us to play Disadvantage episodes, which we record quarterly now. I don't really uh, like playing with them. They're fun. Well, and, and then within that, there's a there's a question, like the second part of that question, because uh, we've all DM'd one now, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So everybody but Joe, how do you feel about DMing those? I love I it. just want Joe to go last. You get an opinion, too. Um, They're fun. I get to um, do DM stuff, be creative, which just hasn't happened as much recently in my uh, D&Ding. It's also fun to hang out with the patrons and see everyone else's characters for one-shots. Because uh, whenever I do them, I usually just go, hey, just make a character. Like, have at it. <laughs> no restrictions. If it screws me over, it screws me over. Low stick's fun. <laughs> um, does anybody else, like, because I don't get to DM very often. Mm-hmm. Um, and so does anybody else, like, feel nervous? Like, I mean, it's oh, always yeah. exciting. It's it's fun. The, the, the patrons are lovely and are very patient and forgiving of all mm-hmm. of the foolishness. But, but I also, like, I'm always a little, I'm a little nervous about it when it's my turn to do one. I'm like, God, I hope I, hope I give them a good experience because they deserve that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, now that I've done it, I think it's a little less scary. It was Sarah's um, first time. Yeah. Was uh, it? Yeah. I know. I'd never DM before. I just figured that I like wasn't organized enough to do it, which is very silly because it's literally like a. It's like uh, it's, it's, it's a lesson it's, plan. It's like, a lesson you plan. Can, you can. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is really familiar. I have yeah, to like, make sure ob- we're doing things in a reasonable amount of time so we can get objectives. to the objectives by the yeah. end. <laughs> get us- <laughs> I hit these key points. I'm a very almost fly by the seat. Like, I have a general, like, big overview of what I want to happen, but I kind of just let things happen as they do when I DM. Part of it, you know, is just seeing what happens, you know? I try not to be super nervous, but you're, you're always going to be a little nervous. I like I like doing the 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 disadvantage series. I guess my my next time's coming up here pretty soon at this point. Yeah, yours is next quarter, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, if we're gonna if we're gonna keep the same rotation. Yeah, I gotta edit some episodes. Have we have we gotten the first like patron disadvantage out yet? No, I will I will be getting caught up on that though, because like I, I so so for the old ones that like they're on my like macbook and so i have to like that's just where they are and they've already been started and so i kind of have to finish them there but for more recent ones i can do them on my big boy computer and that will be a lot easier because i've got multiple screens and like one of the screens is like super wide so it's really easy to adjust things so they'll go a little faster uh how do you uh this is sent from us uh, by our good pal daniel on discord how do you as players feel about playing the same character for the last five years I ask because I, Daniel, have been in a game that is, I have never been in a game that has lasted five years with the same characters. It's a little different for us because if this was like a weekly thing, you know, and we we were 50, what would it see? That'd be 52 times five. Let's be general. Let's say we miss a few weeks. 48 times five, you know, that, that would be exhausting. That would be, ex- like, it would be really hard for you 
to come up with that many things for us to do, but also just like, it would just be challenging. And so I think part of what makes it a little easier is the infrequency with which we get together and actually play. But I think a lot of it comes, um, it's it's a trust and and a, re- a rewarding of that trust that, that Joe gives us interesting things for our character to develop in because like we don't mind it in in movies we don't mind it in in books we don't mind it in reality like five years is not that long uh in in the the span of human life so like as long as there is interesting ways for our characters to develop i think that that helps and i think our leveling pace helps with that a lot Mm -hmm. because we get time to figure out who we are as people before we have like godlike powers (laughs) uh and so i you know we we joke about like how slowly we level up and all that but i don't i don't think any of us really mind the pace of it and i think we're i'm personally at least really comfortable with the 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 slow pace at which we level Mm -hmm. yeah it feels like there's always uh, room to explore or grow within the characters whether it's finding something out about them that you didn't know uh, because we confronted gods or something or just having for example with Grimton characters from their past come back into the fold and having those interactions so it it keeps it fresh and yeah I think the infrequency is a big part of it because we've been playing them for five years but it hasn't been that long really yeah I mean, we're we're like practically a little over a hundred and ten, hundred and twelve sessions mm-hmm. of that. So, like, if we were thinking about that in terms of like it happened every week, we've been playing the same characters for two years. And that's only if we're doing it one episode per week. Yeah. Like, in reality, it's true. It'd be we'd be doing the same amount per because we used to game for. In, yeah. in real three or life, four hours. That's yeah. true. That's true. Four sessions at a time. So like, so like really, that's a year that we've spent, which isn't that long, right? It's not like I mean, we've done that before. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Um, God, what would it? What would it be like? This, this, you could cut this if you want. What would it be like if we, if we, if we had a year where we just like actually we did it. We met every week and we played. And and no matter what came out the other side, that was that was what we got. Um, yeah. Well, if we were doing an in-person campaign, I would love to do it. It'd be so much fun. <laughs> if we were, if it involved me, like the editing. Yeah. If it, if it involved me writing for us and for an audience, mm-hmm. no. Uh, <laughs> if, like if it, was, if it was usurp subversion again, sure, let's do it. <laughs> Someday, maybe. Someday, maybe. Yeah. This is this is actually tags into a question um, that I kind of wanted to ask everybody before we jump into the other the other one. Um, I think I think Joe, you and I maybe talked a little bit about like how how we all sort of think of this as going on forever, um, but we also acknowledge that we're real humans with with lives and that that may not be a reality that we can attach ourselves to so like how do you how do you guys feel about that like this this the the longevity of this project i mean i know we're five years into it now but i mean and things have changed right like our our drop schedule has changed our recording schedule has changed like 
how do you guys feel about the longevity of this project and 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 what we're doing? One thing that I think is interesting as we go through this together is that like in five years, like we have all grown a lot. Like <laughs> we are in our late twenties or even it. our early thirties. <laughs> yeah, my um, next birthday's thirty. That's not lost on yeah, me. I'm about to be twenty nine um, in like two days. <laughs> Yeah, so it's very, um, you know, not that we're not babies, but we, like, started this when we were, like, babies. We were babies. I think I am now as, like, an adult more capable to, like, be committed and be focused and, uh, like, go back and find episodes and look things up and remember how our story is going um, than I was you know, three years ago when I was drowning in grad school and, like, couldn't even have two hours on a weekend to record. And so I think part of, like, our stability of just, like, kind of getting into our groove and uh, leaving our 20s (laughs) is, uh, I think that's helpful in, in being able to do something more consistently. So I don't know, you know, how long like we are going to like want to do it but i think i'm in the same boat of like i really want to do it and so i'm just going to keep doing this while i want to do it and i'm assuming that that's kind of where y'all are at as well yeah i mean i think that a lot of it for me also just gets back to the whole reason that we even started doing this in the first place was just to you know keep each other in all of our lives you know amen i think like as long as we're all still friends and want to hang out, I think that this can go for as long as we want it to, you know? Is that why we're doing this? <laughs> well, and it's interesting <laughs> for me because, like, my feelings about the longevity of the project are at once the exact same as Sarah's and the complete opposite of Sarah's. To some degree, my life is more stable than it was, but, like, honestly, it's harder for me to find time these days it's there's like i have a lot going on in my life and we all do like we're all busy people we've all got a lot of things going on and even though our lives are more stable we're also like filling them with other important things as we age yeah and so to me it's not about like this hasn't gotten easier it's actually gotten a little harder if anything but that difficulty only stands to prove that this is a, a long-lasting project because I'm I'm willing to carve out time for it. Yeah. Um. I I can't always do it like I want. You know. I'm sure. I'm sure. Maybe. Maybe some of our listeners and and even me to some degree like miss a bi-weekly release schedule. God, I do. But too. like, and I'm the one that like, like could controls that. You know. Yeah, well, yeah, but like, you know, it's hard. It's hard, as like, you're saying. It's as, hard. As, as, as a as a person who's like struggling to get caught up on those disadvantage episodes, it is it's just hard to find that kind of time and energy to sit down and do that. And so I think it's a testament to how much we care about this project that we're willing to do it even mm-hmm. though it's hard and that we're five years in and I I can't really um like I acknowledge that there is a potential reality that this will stop at some point. Um, but I also can't imagine it. Yeah. Like, it, it yeah. doesn't sound real. And so that, I, I think that speaks volumes to, to, to what we want. And I think, I think 
you know, Zach is correct. Like, we did this because we wanted to keep playing as friends. Um, and so I think... And I don't anticipate I that going away. Yeah. Yeah. But So, like, here we are. We're, we're going to keep on keeping on. Yeah, these last five questions were sent to us by John, who hosts uh, Dragon Mind and um, is in DM Shower Thoughts. Uh, and in, in Dragon Mind, which is a great show, it recently joined the network... Um, it's not one of the shows that would end up getting a Switch series, so don't expect that. Um, but Dragon Mind, or in the last episodes that I have been put out, has uh, spoken to to DMs and players about their experiences in D and D and other TTRPGs. And so uh, these are a, a set of questions that he regularly asks those people. Um, and these are going to be hopefully a little bit more quick fire than our other ones. And those questions are, what do you love about D&D? I like to bullshit. It's just fun. And that's like D&D is collective bullshitting. Like uh, there's there's more to it for sure. But like a setting where where yes ending and just like coming up with stuff like right there is the expected. That's 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 how you participate. Man. Ah, oh, it's the best. It's so much fun. <laughs> and, like, the, the mechanics are fun, and, like, I like magic and, you know, that kind of world and all, but, like, th- what's fun to me is really just making stuff up as I go. Like, what would your character do about this? I'm like, well, obviously this. And everyone just has to go with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like, well, that's that's what that's what they said. That's what we're going to do. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I really like the, the creative, like, the, the group storytelling aspect. I like... I like that it's like a group of people. They're obviously, the DM is running the the show more or less, but like the players are the ones driving the train. So it's I, I love that mutual storytelling aspect of a, a collective group going through this this adventure and you know discovering all these cool new things and using these cool powers and discovering magical items. Just everything. It's just a fun time. I, that's been like a happy consequence of playing D&D for me, like the group of storytelling and the role playing. I started playing it and I do love D&D still because of it. It's It, it brought like turn-based like JRPGs and made them into like a group event. <laughs> so I got, <laughs> I got to like, like make a character, Same, level yeah. it up, and then just like there were other people enjoying it with me, so... That, I still do enjoy that a lot, the actual like mechanics of it. Uh, I was thinking the same thing uh, Yessie just said of like, I love video games um, and I really like those kind of RPGs and JRPGs, um, actually all RPGs, all of them, the ARPGs, <laughs> all of them. Uh, I think it's funny that there's like seven different categories, yeah. 17 <laughs> different categories of RPGs. Like we like all, I like I like all of them. Um, but those are always like single player games. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, if I want to go like play video games, like with my spouse, but I'm like, but I want to play an RPG, I just have to sit there with my switch while he's on the Xbox. You know, it's like, we, we're not playing together. We are in the same space. We're not playing together. What I love about this is we get to do the, the video games, but like together, um, and I understand that that's hilarious because this was the original RPG. <laughs> right. I was I was just okay. So I'm a little messed I'm, up here. 
I'm on a I'm on a, a stream quest to play through every Final Fantasy Good game. Nice. Uh, Good for you. Which you should you guys should know Final Fantasy One is dog shit. Of course. Uh, well, it <laughs> Not is as bad as Final Fantasy it is so bad. What system was that on? Uh, Nintendo. I don't Originally, even know. I, I like, believe it was. But like, it's, no, Super Nintendo probably. It was either Nintendo or here's, Super here's, Nintendo. There's the the real problem is there's just so many random encounters and there's like the game yeah. would be a third as long as it is without the amount of random yeah. encounters that you can't do anything about. Um, but like playing it is is so funny because it's like you, it's it's the barest minimum <laughs> of like of like TTRPG mechanics. Like you have a character, but your character's not really you. It's like a class. Yeah. And you're 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 almost like DMing but from the other side of like there is a story and you got four people and you're making them all go do the thing. Um and so like Sarah was saying, I think it's really interesting that most of us from just from when we've grown up yeah. came from video game RPGs and we're like, "Oh, we can do this with friends?" Yeah. <laughs> Badass. Like, you know, like let's get a pizza. <laughs> all right, next question. Well, Joe first, and then the rest of okay. us. What motivated you, Joe, to become a DM? Um, so my first DMing experience was, I think I could tell a story, too. And then ended up being trash. Um, that was Zach was the only person that witnessed that. Um, yeah. But then I wanted to do better, and so then I ended up putting together what became Usurp's Reversion. I wanted to keep playing, and I thought we could do a cool podcast, and so that's why... We built the cusp. So, for everybody else, this, the, the other half of the question is, uh, what is your favorite class to play and why? I don't really have a favorite class, to be completely honest. Um, I, In that I'm a little bad at keeping up with the mechanics of all of them anyway. Um, <laughs> they're all going to give me... They're all going to give me problems. They're all, they're all fun. I, I have yet to play a character or a class and be like, well, this sucks. This is not very fun. Um, and the only times that that has like kind of happened, I've realized later that it was because I did it poorly. Because then I'll see somebody else doing the same class, but like well, and I'm like, well, that kicks ass. That's really cool. As an aside, though, uh, I also like to DM, and specifically the the my, my favorite thing to do as a DM is to teach new players, like teach people who like really wanted to try the game and never have gotten a chance, and like help give them baby steps into the game i think i think that's that's where i'm most comfortable and that's where i have the most fun is teaching teaching new people yeah i'll i'll second that i also really enjoy teaching new people especially since i don't think i'm a super good dm and it's really nice whenever they that's, don't know that you're a bad same. dm <laughs> yeah they don't know you're bad yeah same i feel i feel that so deeply um but uh i think my favorite class i i really like being a wizard I think that overall, I really like what Bard has to bring to the table. Um, and I think that it's cool that you can also like flavor a Bard. You don't have to be a singing Bard or a musician Bard. You can be whatever you want. You could be a pro wrestler Bard if you really wanted to, you know? Um, but I, I think that, or like a stand-up comic or something, you know? Like, um, but I think, I think that, oh my God. I think that being a bard would probably be, if I had to like choose a, a new character, it'd be either that or something martial, but I really like being a wizard overall. Spells are cool. I hate spells. My favorite class to play has been a rogue, uh, rogue mastermind. It's so <laughs> much fun. It's a, it's a perfect, perfect amount of like mechanical interest, um, and mechanical simplicity. I cannot handle wizard shit. 
it's beyond me. I'm the same way as Sarah. That like yep, I just it's can't. Too many steps. Can't do it. Can't do it. Um, I actually really enjoy uh, swashbuckling road specifically because I always I want to be a cool pirate guy. Like that's <laughs> I just want to I just want to be suave. I don't know. It's just because I I want to be that in my personal suave. life, and I like pretending that I could potentially be that in D and D world. <laughs> I, I mean my my rogue mastermind is a is a pirate. It's Sargasso, who's that character, is the epitome of like man, if I could be Sargasso one hundred percent of the time, I totally would. I feel that same piratey dreams that Yeah. I do like playing uh, this fighter paladin because the damage output, like single target, single round damage output has been really interesting. But I think the coolest I felt playing a character was when I played a cleric. I was very versatile. I was playing a Tempest Domain cleric. I could kind of control the battlefield. And I felt really badass just calling lightning down on people. I feel like cleric's underrated. Um, I haven't played a lot of different characters or different uh, classes. But um, I have very much enjoyed playing rogues. Um, so I am excited to play more characters like that um even if it's just in one shots and 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 explore all these little ones that you're talking about like a swashbuckling rogue it sounds like a great time um i'm very tired of preparing spells and remembering which ones i have prepared um i honestly will n- not ever do that again unless required <laughs> like <laughs> slashy slashy characters from here on out um what are your strengths as a dungeon master or a player? Like, what 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 do you do very well? Steven points this out fairly regularly: is the commitment to character that uh, I have to Grimton, which kind of kind of carries over to other characters that I've played recently. But so that's something that I didn't know was a strength I had as a player, which is kind of cool. Uh, and then as a DM. Uh, I mean, I like to prepare, but I think I'm okay at ad-libbing and trying to get things back on track without them feeling railroad. <laughs> so, my strength has been, and will likely continue to be, like a, the building of not even necessarily a compelling narrative so much as like compelling characters within a narrative. Because uh, honestly, planning planning out a story is hard. Uh, and I'm not sure that I'm good at it, but when there is a story, uh, and I am forced to figure out how characters in PC or otherwise are going to have to deal with that story, um, I think I think uh, that's that's where my strength lies. And I think we can also answer the next one uh, as part of this question, uh, Part D. Uh, what am What am I doing to level up my gameplay? Um, I when I when coming into a new character for the next arc, I want to be better at the mechanics and like keep better track of my of my like cuz it's a thing I can do and I there's no really no excuse. Like I really should be building building them better. Like the internet is a broad place and I have access to it. I can I can do good research and figure out what's there and what I can do. Uh, I think overall my strengths, um, I guess, are probably mostly mechanics, and I think that I 
I like to think I do a pretty good job of trying to think of creative solutions to problems. I like to try to try to get the most out of out of various various things. I think it's a fun puzzle. And I, I try to come at those also from a, a place of, of what, you know, I, I think my character would do in the situation, but I do think I do think like figuring out the creative way to use this spell in this particular combat or situation or whatever, I think that's that's super fun to do. But I, I could probably do a better job of, you know, descriptions. I'm I'm not very good at describing things. Um, I could definitely do a better job of that. I think my greatest strength, in contrast to Steven, who explicitly said that he was not good at this, I could storyboard the hell out of something. And I've got a great time with it. That's my favorite part. And it's our, our sessions are me just trying to figure out a way to make that storyboard manifest in a session. Be, because of that strength, uh, I, I write a lot and... I, I focus heavily on the descriptions and that's really great or like the written description of it, like a place and a setting uh, or a history. What I tried to do and am trying to do more recently is ad lib more and uh, do imp- improvisational stuff more. And I'm, tr- I'm doing my best to um, grow that spontaneous part of me so that it can benefit the um benefit the story uh but I, I that is a part of me that i want to to grow and to see and i do i want that to exist in me outside of just um dnd like I, I want to be a more spontaneous person i want to uh be able to confidently go into something without having prepared a whole lot that sort of i i value that as as um, as like a life skill and I want to grow that part of me more you know I mentioned the mechanics earlier and like I want to build a, a I don't, don't want to say useful character but like I can tell when my character should be doing better in combat specifically and it's, it's something I want to get better at also from a DM perspective um, because while I like teaching new people to play and I'm really loose with it so that they have a good time and they, they want to stick with it like I could do better teaching them, you know, the rules, um, and and I think that's, you know, I've spent two arcs building a character. I want to spend another arc t- continuing to do that, but also building a combat class, <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, and I think I think that's something. Not like that I'm necessarily looking at it as a weakness, more as a thing like I haven't focused on as much, and now that I'm pretty comfortable with everything else, I should and I want to. I guess I've been making more of an effort to expose myself to more content, I guess. Not just um, in terms of like D&D lore and other things like that and mechanics, but I've also been playing with another group, um, which has kind of been put on a hold because of the holidays, but I've also started DMing for my little brother, which we've met a few times. Really? And yeah. Aww. I didn't know that. So it sounds like aw and cute and awesome, but then you remember they're like 17-year-old boys, and then... <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> which is fine. I think I'm a good person to be at the head of that table because <laughs> I'll put up with the nonsense that 17-year-old boys have to do but also you know play D with them <laughs> and um so that's been fun 
they seem to enjoy it and they want to play more so I've been growing doing that it's gotten me to by proxy learn a little bit about other classes just because that's what they're playing so I have to I make a point to like make myself familiar with the with those classes because it's good for me to keep track of things but also because they're all new to D&D so like they're gonna have tons of questions <laughs> yeah they don't know so you have to know yeah 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 but it's been it's been um, fun um i am excited to uh get much more comfortable with mechanics um which is hilarious because we've been doing this so long uh you think i should get it by now but uh i don't um and so i haven't really felt comfortable doing things like multi-classing or trying anything like really crazy so i've just been sticking to very like what exactly I can look up on, um, you know, D&D Beyond uh, and in, in my PDF copy of the PHB. And so it's very, like, limited compared to what is actually out there. Um, so I'm excited to, like, really spend some time um, with my new character and uh, all of the cool things that can be done mechanically there. Um, so that I can, you know, utilize cool items that we get a hold of, and I can uh, use cool mechanic things to also push character development um, and vice versa. Um, whereas those things have kind of been separate for me uh, for a while. So I'm, I, I, I think um, I finally have the the brain space and I'm not going to be a freaking druid anymore. Um, and I think it's going to help. I think it's going to be really cool. All right. Finally, if you could go back in time and give yourself a piece of advice as a player or a dungeon master, what would it be? Uh, start sooner. Just start now. Because <laughs> I, I, I started being interested in Dungeons and Dragons in like mid high school. I thought it was like kind of interesting, but I didn't really know how to get into it. And it was mid college before I did. Uh, and then, you know, it was even later before I even tried to DM anything. And like, man, just just start. Any of you listeners out there, if you like, I kind of want to play, just go for it. Just just do. Get two friends <laughs> and trade out DMing. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't have to be pretty. Just do it. It's fun. Yeah, I wish, uh, I, wish I had DMed earlier. Um, I think I had this idea in my brain of, like, I'm not a writer, and I'm not, like, quote, that kind of creative. Um, therefore, I cannot DM. Um, and you do not have to be a writer or someone who likes writing to DM and have a good time. Um, and so I think for me, I wish I had told myself, like, I, I wish in the beginning I had tried DMing, um, cause it's a lot of fun and it was a really silly, like, well, everyone I know who DMs which, you know, Joe uh, and Yessie, who are incredible, like, writers and creative in that sense. Um, I was like, oh, that's, you have to do that. Um, and you don't. That's fantastic. Um, and I love it. Uh, but that's not the only way to DM. So I'm excited to do more DMing things that is, like, my way, that is still fun and a really great time. I think I would go back in time 
and tell myself to consume more fantasy and science fiction art i was gonna say something similar um i would also enjoy like like for instance one of the big things i i did when i was learning or trying to learn how to dm was watch a lot of the matt coville videos um and he references that stuff all the time and is just like the wealth of knowledge he has on classic fantasy and like all that stuff and he can just pull from it and what's cool about it also is like what we were talking about earlier with like working with new players and stuff is like when you have that wealth of knowledge not everyone has seen lawrence of arabia so if you do the plot from lawrence of arabia or quote a line no Nobody one's gonna knows. know um it's this it's sort of the same thing um one of my uh fun times or the time i had a lot of fun running a game was when we played that scary story game with jenga and i just did yeah. the plot of friday the 13th and no one knew like i was just doing the beats from the movie and like <laughs> like at the end of it i think joe was like wow you came up with all that i'm like yeah that was really no. well that was really well done no, I, had no idea. <laughs> I did that for the uh the the one shot the the disadvantage i had just read like uh it was like the first third of the uh second book in a high fantasy series the the paxinarion series by elizabeth moon by the way that anyone who likes lord of the rings especially the battle stuff should absolutely read um but the the whole like I literally stole the whole plot just from like this like five chapter chunk in that book. So like you don't have to be a writer. Yeah. No, you can absolutely steal. It's totally fine. I I I've taken so many things and just put them in and like reskinned them a little bit. Even if it's something that you think everyone would know, like say you wanted to reenact the battle of uh helms deep or whatever in lord of the rings or something like you can just change it up slightly and pro- people probably wouldn't know or if they do they do or if they do catch on then they'll probably just be like oh i see what you're doing and they'll be even more into it because they're gonna know like the yeah. references yeah. i wish that i had read the high fantasy books that sarah and steven read like i, I i've tried reading like mistborn by brando sando uh, but Brandon Sanderson and I, I just—it was cool. I didn't finish it. I, oh, damn, I know. Out. I'm sorry. So good. Um, I was never a Final Fantasy person. Not that that really counts as. Um, it totally counts. It, it definitely counts. Okay, look, totally y'all, counts. y'all reference it a lot. So. I grew up on those. I grew up on those JRPGs yeah. too. Um, like I've never played any Final Fantasy game. I've never played. I've never even played a Pokemon game. Um, aside from like on the bus. in like sixth grade you know i i didn't read lord of the rings or anything like that like it's just this is not fantasy i'm not a fantasy person says the dungeon master (laughs) but creating this whole cool world um like honestly you know our like final fantasy is almost classic art plot especially like final fantasy 2 like it's all about overthrowing a giant empire and like yeah. evil rulers and stuff like that's that's final fantasy at its core for the most part in the classic oh, sense yeah. it's very final fantasy. you're always overthrowing somebody's of course. government 
I think, uh, I guess, what I would tell myself if I could go back in time is never be afraid to do something stupid, whether that be with your character <laughs> building or your character like decisions. If you're having fun, then that's awesome. And don't be afraid to die. Like, But if you're going to die, make it cool at least. <laughs> <laughs> make it cool! Rule of cool reigns supreme. Amen. Um... I know that was like our last question, but I and like this won't take super long because I'm not gonna read all of them. But there, there were I just counted. I think it was 17 reviews since the last mailbag and this current mailbag, oh, wow. um, which is fantastic. Like I think we were told what 288 reviews, two, 200 or 228. Sorry, 228 reviews, um, and the vast majority of them are really kind and gracious. I just want you guys to know that like. I read and reread them all. Yeah. Any time, like I, I check every couple of weeks to see if there's Same. a new one, and then I go and I read all of them, and they they mean a lot uh, to me and to to the rest of us. Like they really do. We do this because we love it, and we do this because we're friends, and this is the thing that we want to do. But it doesn't hurt. But like, <laughs> it feels. It, no, good. it goes a long way. I'm like, they liked it. They really <laughs> liked it. What a good time. So shout out, shout out to any of you who have given a review. I read it and I liked it. Except for you, Electronic Lover, you know what you did again and again and again, <laughs> again and again. Last one, last one was June twenty second. So we'll see if we get another one. I wonder if yeah. they finally got tired of it. Well, we can hope. And on that, with a final slam of Electronic Lover. <laughs> Let's wrap this up. Uh, everybody, get All me right. your dang audio tonight. So, wait, so stop, stop yeah, recording? Yeah, go ahead and stop recording.